0: Life Audio.
1: Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. Because life's too short for any of us to live enslaved. I'm Ava Pennington, and at Faith Over Fear, we're passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and live in freedom. I'd love to connect with you online or on social media. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. Today, we're continuing our series of episodes on God's promises as we examine the promises God gave us in the Bible and how they are precious gifts to each of us. Have you ever noticed how some words have a deeper impact on us than others? Sad words such as mournful, dismal, heartbreaking, dreary, or melancholy. Words like these have a way of weighing us down, both physically and emotionally. On the other hand, words such as extravagant, lavish, abundant, generous, these words awaken a different response, don't they? We immediately imagine unlimited boundaries of potential. Such words can put a spring in our step and joy in our hearts for as long as i can remember i've heard god described as a god of love a god who gives eternal life but i was also raised on bible verses that spoke of our unworthiness and about god's judgment eternal life was always framed as something that would be meted out after death rather than something to experience and enjoy here and now still life here and now can be hard. We live in a broken world where sin reigns and God's love and eternal life can seem, oh, so far away sometimes. A world in which, some days, it's all I could do to put one foot in front of the other and make it through the day. But then I stumbled on a Bible verse and then another and another all using words such as abundant and full and lavish, generous, to describe God's relationship with his children. And I saw God's love and eternal life in a whole new light. Abundant life isn't just for later, it's for now, too. You know, when I think of abundant life, the Bible verse that immediately comes to my mind is from John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Another translation puts it this way. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Did you catch that? Abundant. Full. There's nothing stingy or measured about that. Now, why would Jesus choose to make such a statement? The context of this verse in John's gospel is that it follows Jesus's healing of a blind man in the previous chapter. And it also follows his rebuke of the religious leaders who refuse to acknowledge Jesus's identity. They refuse to acknowledge his spiritual authority and his ability to heal. Jesus called himself the good shepherd in comparison to the false spiritual shepherds who were not properly leading the people. He also used other names for himself, and then he declared not only who he is, but what he does. Let's take a look at the actual verses. John chapter 10, verses 7 to 10. Therefore, Jesus said again, Fullness, abundance for both now and later, too. You know, at first I wondered if my application of this verse to life now as well as later was motivated just by my wishful thinking. But the more I read the Bible, the more I see that God intends for our abundant life to start now. For example, David. Ancient Israel's second king wrote in Psalm 27:13, I remain confident of this, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. King David had no doubt that God's goodness is something he and we today are able to experience in this life. We don't have to wait to pass through death to see God's goodness. David also wrote in Psalm 31 19, how abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. You see, God delights in abundantly giving good things for those who take refuge in him. And those things are bestowed on us, as David wrote, in the sight of all. God's lavish generosity is not given in secret, but rather he gives it for all to see. The Bible also tells us in James chapter 1 verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Anyone besides me lack wisdom? I'm guessing I'm not alone. Thankfully, I won't need to ask for wisdom in heaven. But now, in this life, now I find myself asking God for wisdom on a regular basis. And according to this Bible verse, God promises to give wisdom not sparingly, but generously to all followers of Jesus Christ who need only ask. or your favorite podcast app now.
1: The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate His acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.
0: In the main Bible passage we're focusing on, Jesus called himself both our Good Shepherd and the Gate, as some translations use the word door in place of the word gate. Jesus is the door or or the gate by which we enter into a restored relationship with our heavenly father. That's what Jesus means when he said we are saved and we receive the assurance of eternal life. But the imagery he uses encompasses more than eternal salvation, even though that alone would be more than enough. Pastor, Bible teacher, and author Warren Wearsby described it this way. When you go through the door, you receive life and you are saved. As you go in and out, you enjoy abundant life in the rich pastures of the Lord. His sheep enjoy fullness and freedom. Jesus not only gave his life for us, but he gave his life to us Right now, I love that, don't you? I find these assurances so comforting, especially in light of what's happening in our world. Evil people in chaotic circumstances seem to be working overtime to obscure my vision of God's goodness. Yet, what seems to be and what is are two different things. You see, despite appearances, God is still sovereign over his creation. We live in a broken world because of sin. But even this cannot stop God from abundantly blessing those who belong to him. Life can be hard. And yes, that helps us look forward to eternal life in heaven. But God promises to be with us in our suffering, in our difficulties, in our trials. He may not remove hardships, but he carries us through them. And he does all this because of his great love for us, his abundant love for an abundant life. In the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the newly formed church in ancient Ephesus, he described God's love this way in chapter 3, verses 16 to 21. Paul wrote, Did you catch all those extravagant phrases? Listen, glorious riches, strengthened with power, rooted and established, wide and long and high and deep, surpassing knowledge, filled to the measure of all fullness, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, through all generations forever. Such lavish, extravagant words to describe what we have in Jesus Christ. Or how about how John, one of Jesus' disciples, described God's love when he wrote to the early church in 1 John 3.1. He wrote, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. All these descriptions paint a picture of abundance. Abundant love for an abundant life, beginning now and carrying us into eternity. So what's the point of this amazing generosity God extends to us? Is it to hold the benefits of abundant life close or to do something more with them? If you and I are recipients of God's extravagant gift, the gift of a restored relationship with him, then let's start by sharing this abundant life with others. When we share this gift, a gift the Apostle Paul described as too wonderful for words, we give others the opportunity to live an abundant life too. But it doesn't stop there. For just as God is generous with us as his children, We're to reflect our heavenly father in our generosity to others. The gospel writer, Luke, recorded Jesus's words to his followers. He wrote, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That came from Luke 6.38. And by the way, the context of this verse is not limited to being generous with material possessions, although it can be applied to that. He's also talking about being generous in extending mercy and extending forgiveness too. What a wonderful reassurance we have that we can run to our Heavenly Father who delights in being generous with His children. And we can be generous with others remembering, that we cannot outgive God. How do we know this for certain? Because as Paul wrote in his letter to the early church in Corinth, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He wrote that in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. God lavishly initiates abundance and generosity toward us. How then can we not initiate abundance and generosity toward others? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the promise of abundant life. Forgive us for the times we allow the difficulties of this world to blind us to your extravagant, lavish love for us as you extend life in abundance. And Lord, help us by your Holy Spirit to not just receive and live in your generosity, but to extend that generosity to others. May our relationships reflect your abundance as we remember that you are the source of all we need and all we have in this life and for all eternity. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. I hope this episode deepened your understanding of God and helped you rest more fully in his grace If you haven't already done so, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. Please share it on social media. And we'd be very encouraged if you would rate it as well. That helps other people find it too. So until next time, may you live with the courage of one who has truly, truly been set free.
1: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.